So we receive our healing on tonight. We receive our deliverance on tonight. And we thank you, God, that the joy of the Lord is our strength on tonight in Jesus' name. And God, you make all things possible to those who believe. So we believe in you on tonight because it's not about us. It's all about you. Every attack and every assignment the enemy has sent out against us on tonight. God, I speak that it has already been broken. In Jesus' name, what the enemy meant for our harm, I thank you that you have turned it around and you have made it for our good. So I speak to every sickness and every disease right now in Jesus' name. I command you to go in the name of Jesus and I command healing to our bodies from the top of our head to the soles of our feet in the name of Jesus. I command pain to go right now in Jesus name. I speak that we're free from pain in Jesus name. And I thank you Father God that swelling in our joints go in the name of Jesus. I speak to our ligaments, our tendons, our bones and joints and I command them to be normal in Jesus name. I command them to function the way you have created them to function in the name of Jesus. I rebuke sinus pressure in Jesus name. I rebuke headaches and migraines right now in the name of Jesus I command them to go and don't return in the name of Jesus because by Jesus Christ we were already healed in Jesus name and God I thank you for the word that's coming forth on tonight I thank you father God that it's no longer I who live it's no longer us who live but it's Christ who lives in us in Jesus name amen and amen I believe um we had a few more people to um do um the teachings that we have been doing on pride um i believe mitch is gonna call in and we're gonna go ahead and let mitch do his uh quick so mitch just go ahead and call in and you can go ahead and do yours and then we will start with a new teaching who else do we have in here terry you have one who else jennifer have one so let's let mitch um jennifer and terry do theirs um while Mitch is getting ready to call in, I don't know who phone he's going to call, but I'm pretty sure he'll call shortly. Um, come on up, Jennifer. Yes, ma'am. It doesn't matter. My question was, you are in a disagreement with a church member over something that you did not say, but they say you did say it. How do I handle it? Me, I more than likely I would go to the go to the person and I would I would ask them, I would tell them we we would probably go back and forth me saying um, I, I would say I didn't say that if they said that I did say it. If we kept going back and forth, back and forth, I, me personally, I am a humble person. I'm a person that can handle humility and somebody saying something that I didn't do or uh, and I know I didn't do. And I'm a person that, that, that humility just falls all over and I can handle it. So me, I would... I would say, I would be the bigger person and say, okay, if I said it, if I did say it, I'm sorry. 
and if I caused you any harm or offended you or any way, and because you're saying that I said it, so if did it bring you? I would ask them, did it bring you any harm? And if it if they say it did, I would apologize to them and tell them that I, that I was that I'm sorry, and um, to let them know that it's it's not about me. It's all about God because my mind, my my. I think I'm going way off course here, but this is something that I, I want to say. Um, when it comes to um, disagreement with people, my mind is so focused on the things above here on this earth. Stuff that people throw at me and um, do to me, it, it bounces off of me because... Nine times out of ten, if a, if, I, if, a, if a person say I have done something or said something and I know that I haven't done it or said it, why should I be offended? Why should I get upset when I ain't did nothing? So whenever you get upset about something you know you ain't done, that, that doesn't make sense. That's just not God, point blank. And, and it's so easy for us to, to, get, to get off course and, and do things or say things that that's not of God but in, in reality it's just point blank the, the Bible does not change God does not change we are the ones that change that, that does the changing so it's point blank is, is, is what God's word says that's what we should follow amen Terry hold on to it just in case we got to give it back to somebody else mine says uh, how does pride stop you from seeing you and I said uh, I come up with uh, like bragging and boasting and uh, when brother Kevin gave me this, this, this scripture right here uh, the Holy Spirit dropped me in, dropped in. My spirit was Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, God put Nebuchadnezzar over a certain land, over the land. And what he did was he threw a party. And in, in that party, he uh, invited the governors, the princes, and the uh, kings and stuff like that there. And uh, everybody important he invited to the party. So when he got, when, the, when he threw the party, that night, he says, look what I done. Not what God done, but he said, look what I done. I done all this here. I, I did everything y'all see in this, in this region. He done it. That's what he said. In other words, he was bragging. That was pride. God, that night, God turned him into a four-legged beast. He walked around in the field on all four, all four of his hands and knees, just like an animal. His fingernails grew long, hair on his back, and dew from the sky fell on him. For seven years, he walked, he walked around like that there. That's what God done to him for pride. And after the seven years, he looked up to heaven and repented for what he'd done. And he told, asked the Lord for forgiveness for what he'd done. And, and that night, that, well, not, I don't know, not night or day, but God turned around and put him right back as king, just like that, because he asked for forgiveness and repented for what he'd done. 
and he turned around and gave God the glory. And you think about what we do when God give us stuff. What we do? Look what I done. Not what God done, but look what we done. And you know, I ain't going to say everybody do that because I'm going to say a lot of us. And that's what God gave us about how does pride stop you from seeing you. And you just think about that, what God did to King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, he was king, king all over the land, but he turned him into a four-legged beast. Can you imagine walking around out there in the, out there in the, in the pastures with the horses, goats, cows? You walking around eating grass. He was eating grass just like an animal because of pride. That's why yeah, the Holy Spirit just dropped that in my Spirit, so Brother Kevin gave it to me. Just dropped just like that. I'm like, wow. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Thank, thank you. All right. Do we have Mitch on the line yet? No. Okay. We're going to move on. Um, God had given me this to add to the teaching that um, we were doing, dealing with pride, dealing with strife, and dealing with being offended. And I want to talk about tonight, animosity. And the definition of animosity is a strong feeling of dislike or hatred, ill will or resentment. Animosity, a strong feeling of dislike or hatred, ill will or resentment. And I believe most of us or the majority of us carry some animosity and sometimes we say we don't but when we go over this teaching we're going to find out that we do carry some animosity somewhere and we're going to find out um, how animosity um, came we're going to go back to Genesis 3.15 and I believe everybody's familiar with Genesis 3.15 when we look at that it uh, talks about what God was saying dealing with the woman he said I will make you and the woman he was talking to the serpent enemies to each other place hostility hostility enmity between you and the woman your descendant seed and her descendant seed will be enemies one of her descendants will crush your head and you will bite strike bruise crush his heel so we see here what's going on is is dealing with um you know Satan and is dealing with Jesus but we know that he's talking about the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God and we know Jesus he's the one that came in and he literally destroyed Satan so God was letting me know he said this animosity really what animosity is it is hate and if you have animosity you are enemies with one another so what was happening here is Satan he hated God and Satan wanted to come in and he wanted to take over. He was actually jealous of God. So he had that hostility of he wanted to be high and lifted up. He wanted to be above, you know, God. So we know that pride, that's what pride does. Pride puts you in a place. It elevates you above everybody else, making you think you're better than anyone else. So this is what was happening with Satan. 
he was um, in hostility. He was an enemy of God. He had jealousy there because he wanted to take over the world. He wanted to be above God. So all of that led to hate. So we know hate came in through sin and it made um, God created everything good. There was no evil. Everything God did was good. So evil was not in the world. So when evil came into the world, it brought hate into the world. It brought animosity. It brought hostility. It brought ill will. So as I was going through the scriptures, this is what, go with me to James chapter 4. And James chapter 4, I want to um, read um, the first verse first before I get to verse 4 um, in chapter 4. It says, chapter 4, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? So this is how wars come. This is how fighting come amongst us. He was talking to saints. In James chapter 4, he was talking to saints. He said, even of your lust. So we know when people lust, it's their desire to have certain things. You know, they crave for those things that war in your members. So on the inside of you, there are desires and and there's wars going on because it's things that you want to have or you desire to have that you cannot have because somebody else have it and you want what they have. He said, you lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. And then in verse 4, he's going to verse 4 because he's telling you how um, you become an enemy of God. Because when we look at verse 1, he's telling us how fights come amongst us. And it comes through being jealous. It comes to through wanting desires that somebody else have that you know you don't have and you want to obtain those things. So then he said, ye adulterous and adulteress, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore would be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So when we desire to have these things, when we begin to lust after these things of the world... It could be um, cars, it can be homes, it can be clothes. Anything in the world that you're desiring to have that someone else have, you know, you, you side in with what the world wants. You, you becoming an enemy of God because you're lusting after that thing. Those things are tempting you and you are having a desire to have those things. Those are things of the world. So when you do those things then you become an enemy of God. And some of us don't realize that. Let's say it's um, women would use a pocketbook or something like that. If Teresa come in here with a, with a pocketbook and I'm just looking at that pocketbook and I want that pocketbook so bad and I'm looking at Teresa's pocketbook and every time I see her tote that pocketbook, I'm lusting after that pocketbook. I have a desire for that pocketbook. I'm seeing myself with that pocketbook. So... I'm looking at Teresa and I'm telling Renee, uh-huh, she thinks she's something because she's carrying that pocketbook. So see, I'm beginning to come against Teresa with jealousy, with envy. And I'm talking about her with Renee, uh-huh, that she don't even pay her tithes. And you see that bag that she's carrying? That's why she can't pay her tithes. So I'm having ill will towards Teresa because of something she has that I desire to have. See, 
I'm talking to Renee about her. So the more I dwell on what Teresa have and I don't have it, then there's ill will, then there's amosity. Teresa becomes my enemy. And she's supposed to be a sister in Christ. So this stuff here we can get caught up in and don't even realize it because we're looking at what other people have. So if I do not get control of that, then I'm going to develop a hate in my heart against Teresa because she has something that I desire to have. Let me go a little deeper. It may be someone that uh, a woman is, I no, let me use a man this time. A man is admiring another man's wife. And he know he can't have her because he has his own wife. So every day he's thinking about that woman and how he would be better off with that woman instead of the woman that he have. Then he start treating that man differently. He start having an ill will against that man. He become jealous over that man. So he begin to talk down that man because the man have something he want. That's hostility. That's ill will. That's animosity. Then there's a hate that that man began to have for that other man because that man has something he wants. Some people say, that's not me. I wouldn't do nothing like that. But we never know what we would do until we get into that situation where we're eyeing something that we never had. And if you keep focus on what you never had, you're going to want what you never had. Or if you have something in a marriage, if a woman, I'll give you an example. The Lord allowed me to see this um, this movie last night. This young girl went to college, and she um, met this guy in college. It was just her and her mom. And her dad and her mom always had arguments. So that both of them had hostility against one another. They had ill will against one another. They couldn't stay in the same room with one another. So finally one day, the husband, he just left, and the daughter never seen her dad again. So she grew up in a house with just her and her mother, and her mother always talked against that dad. Why did she always talk against that dad? Because they became enemies. She had hostility. She had ill will towards him. So each time she would explain something to her daughter, she would talk that man down. She would talk her dad down. Don't be like your dad. So the daughter already knew how she felt about her dad. So when she grew up and she went to college, she ended up meeting a man and they fell in love. And when they fell in love, her mom told her, she said, do not marry him. She told her she was going to marry him. She was going to drop out of school. He loved her and she became pregnant. So they got married. The same situation that the mom was in with her husband, the daughter ended up being in the exact situation. She ended up having baby after baby. The husband ended up coming home late at night. Some nights he wouldn't come home. And the daughter would always say, dad have to work all the time. Now she was young. She said, yes, he's trying to, you know, make a better home for us so he can buy you more things. And the little girl said, but he stay, don't come home at all to buy me nice things. So the mom knew at that time that the little girl knew something was up. Now, one thing that the daughter did not do that her mom did, she did not put her husband down. She did not have ill will or hostility towards her husband at that time. But when her husband did come home and she waited up for him, she told him, I know what you're doing. I know you're with another woman. The man lied to her. And in the midst of the lie, what happened? The phone was ringing. They go to the other woman. So 
Long story short, even dealing with this young girl, what happened with her, she always stuck by her children. She raised her children in spite of what he did. So one day she said, told her friend, I'm going to go eat with my husband today. I'm going to, you know, eat with him. So when she went to go eat with him, she looked in her van, and there go her husband making out in their van with another woman. This woman is pregnant, ready to deliver a child. She opened the door. First she grabbed him. Then she left him and was beating the girl. She said, he didn't tell me he was married, and he didn't tell me you were pregnant. And she held up her husband's ring finger and said, oh, you didn't see the ring? He still had on the ring messing with this girl. She went into labor. She finally left the husband. Guess when ill will came? Now, I'm going to tell you, she talked good in front of her kids and told him, that's your dad. He's making money for us. But when everything hit the fans, she left that husband and the ill will, the hate, and the enemy came. This is what animosity do. We say we don't have it. But when something began to occur, everything that you kept deep within began to come out. That ill will, that hostility, you know, that resentment, resenting that you married that person, resenting, you know, I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that. So she separated from him and she had to go on welfare. So when she went to the office to get, you know, money to help her and her kids, the lady that was sitting there told her she just went off on her she said if your husband is working so hard why are you out here trying to apply for stuff so they're going back and forth with it she said that's none of your business this other gentleman saw her he fell in love with her she thought she was in love with him when they got ready to come together guess what she told this man she said i cannot do this because i'm still married to my husband So I have to get everything situated with my husband before I start something with you. He understood that. But guess what? The husband came back crying. And she told the man, she said, I'm going to try to make it work with my husband. She went back home. The night that she went back home, she went in the grocery store, found out the husband was still messing with this woman. So when she went home to confront her husband, guess what? The woman didn't fuss at him, didn't try to do nothing to him. He still lied. That night, she found out that she had a lump in her breast. When she had it checked, they found out that, um, long story short, it was nothing they can do for her. And so she was on her deathbed. This man, which is the husband, stuck by her. But even in all of that, the hostility and everything that she had after she told the other man that she was going to go back to him, she didn't fuss. She didn't do anything. This woman ended up dying. This man got left to raise three children, and he was so hurt because he found out she did love me because she took me back, and I know that truly she's a woman, basically, I guess, thinking of God. But what am I saying? Hostility did come out with her, but when things began to change in her life, she changed. So what am I saying? Sometimes we say, I don't have ill will against somebody. I don't have no hostility. Um, You know, I don't have a problem with that person. But as soon as that person do something to you or make you mad, that ill will come up. That hostility come up. That resentment come up. All of this stuff, hatred come up. Satan is about hate. He is not about love. So what he want us to do as Christians is hate one another in the body of Christ. He want us to have ill will against one another. 
And the only way we can avoid that is by knowing the love of God. When you truly know the love of God, it don't take you all night to forgive anyone. It don't take you the next week to forgive anyone because you know what he done for you. And you would take the time, and Jennifer was saying that, how, you know, she let it roll off on, you know, away from her. But let me say something about that. We can humble ourselves, and I mentioned this before. We can act just as humble as we can be, but we're hurt. Let's just be honest. When someone said you said something and you know you didn't say it, it does hit you sometime like a ton of bricks. You're hurt. You still have to go to the Father and say, deal with this hurt, because if you don't deal with it through the word of God, you're going to end up hurting someone else just like that person hurt you. The majority of us don't deal with our hurt. We just get over it, act like we're okay until the next incident comes. Then the, the stuff that we left there, that residue, it began to come at somebody else who didn't really deserve it. The enemy is about hate. He's about ill will. He's an enemy of God and he want us to be an enemy of God. You can be saved and become an enemy of God. How do you do this? Let's go to Titus. The third chapter, verse three. I want y'all to listen at this. It says, expanded Bible. In the past, we also were foolish. We did not obey. We were wrong, misled, deceived. And we were slaves to many things our bodies wanted and enjoyed. Various passions and pleasures. We spent our lives doing evil and being jealous, envious. People hated us and we hated each other. This is how we were when we were in the world. But this is not how we should be now. He's telling us this is where we were. We were jealous. We were envy. People hated us and we hated them. Y'all know when we was in the world, if somebody hated you, you hated them. You didn't want nothing to do with them. Don't come to my house no more. I don't want to have nothing else to do with you. I remember what you done. I remember how you done it. Stay away from me. I'll stay away from you. We really build up hate against people. He said, this is how we were when we were in the world. So can somebody tell me, being saved, being filled with the Holy Spirit, how can we have hate in our heart against anyone? It's because we allowed it to build up. We allowed something that they said that, they said that we did not deal with. We just tucked it under and act like it was okay. But we have some ill will and we have some animosity against that person i don't know about you hurt will take you to some places when somebody hurts you that you feel like you could trust if you do not get into that word of god they're gonna know your hate they're gonna know your animosity they're gonna know how you look they're gonna know by your voice they're gonna know by what's said this is why i tell people we have to communicate if somebody has said something to you that's not appropriate that's wrong you can't let it roll off of you and act like it's okay. That's why the Bible tells you to go to that person. Because if you don't go to that person and you saying it's okay, it's not okay. Because you're going to keep thinking about what they said, how they said it, when they said it, and who they said it in front of. Or you're going to think about what they did, how they did it, when they did it, or why you do me like that. I never done you like that. All of that stuff be rolling over. And you be putting it into your treasure. You be putting it into your heart because you trying to figure out, I never done you wrong. And you're going to do me like this. Let's talk about marriage. 
When you're married to your mate and you love them so much and they cheat on you. And you find out that they have cheated on you and you never cheated on them. You always loved them. You always done something for them. All of a sudden you're building up ill will. You're building up anger. You're building up hate. You're beginning to say, I don't love you. I hate you. For you to do me like that, I really truly hate you. And you can't do nothing to change that. And the more you think about how you hate them and the more you think about what they did to you and you never done them any wrong, then you become enemies in the same house. You're my enemy now. I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't want to sleep in the same bed with you. Don't talk to me. Don't say nothing to me. Don't ask me for nothing else. The only one that can change that is God. I'm talking about saved folks. This is happening with saved folk for real. This is why you have to be in a place to trust God and not trust no man. Because I don't care how saved people are. They are tempted by women. They are tempted by men. And if you let your guards down, it will happen so quick. And once the devil get through with you, he ain't only mess you up. He done mess your whole house up. So do not think a woman and man can get over it overnight. Because every time they look at you, they're going to see somebody else. You have to stay in the word of God. Because animosity, hate, ill will, all of this build up and people say, I'm okay. No, you're not okay. Because by the way you come at each other with your mouth, you're not okay. When somebody answers you in a hateful way and you haven't done nothing to them, you're wondering, what did I do to you? I don't even know you like that. You don't even know me like that to answer me that way. Guess what? It's some ill will there with somebody else. It's some hate there with somebody. People say, I don't hate people. I beg you to differ because that's what animosity is. It's hate. It's ill will. It's resentment. And the more you resent somebody else, somebody that done something to you, the more you're going to resent others that have never done nothing to you. You're going to begin to have ill will towards them because of what somebody else did. So this is what we did in the world, and we don't do this now that we're born again. Quit saying you okay. Quit lying. No, I'm hurt. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to get through this hurt. I'm going to get through this ill will with his help. But you hurt me. Be honest. Quit trying to be all of this in a bag of chips. You need to be. Some people sitting there right now know they're hurt. Know they're hurt and trying to take care of it theirself instead of saying, God, I can't do this. And then when a person asks you, are you okay? Did I do something to hurt you? Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. I'm okay. You're lying. And when you have ill will against somebody else, for no people know when you got ill will against a person. When that person come in your presence and your whole continents change and you don't even want to be in the same room with them or you don't want to hear their lies no more. You got ill will. You got animosity. They are your enemy people. Come on. Let's be real. Come on. It comes through. Even our children. We can be so ill with our children that we see ourselves. Oh, no. The more you think about what they've done, the more you turn away from them. Y'all, I done been there and done that. And, and the Lord had to, you know, when you have someone you love so much and you give so much of yourself. Let's talk about children. 
You give so much of yourself to your children and they turn around and do stuff that you know they should not have done. You just shut yourself off. I done it. I done it. I ain't ashamed to say it. I done it with my son. I shut myself off because I said, boy, everything I do to help you, you do the opposite. Don't lie to me. When you lie to me, I'm cutting you off. My husband, my witness, I just cut him off pulled up one day he know his mama we pulled up my husband rolled down the one window and he said hey daddy he said it in his normal voice hey mama hey i had ill will against my son i ain't want to say nothing else to him i just was just as cordial as i would want to be but i wasn't saying nothing else to him because i said enough is enough i'm tired you won't listen so you own your own i'm still your mama but mm-mm no more and the lord had to deal with me that's ill will my son became my enemy for real don't say y'all ain't been there you cut them off you don't want to talk to them you don't even want to look at them come on somebody am i the only one up on this pulpit they don't even want to look at them no more because you know you done all you can do to help and then when they mess up and you say, wait a minute now, come on, you're going to lie to me and I know the truth. That's so much hurt. You say, uh-uh, I'm just cutting you off. Don't ask me nothing. You know more than I know. Come on, we can have it in the church. So the Lord had to deal with me with animosity. He had to, some of y'all right now still thinking you okay. And I'm telling you, you're not okay. You got some ill will. You got some animosity. You got some resentment against your children, against your mate. You get tired of them asking you to do stuff all the time. Do we all need to spread out? On this altar and say, pour the oil. You get tired of them all the time. Bothering you. You got things to do. And you just got some ill will and some animosity. And you just cringe when they say, honey. Can you stop by? Don't say it. I just left the store. I'm on my way home. I'm tired too. Why didn't you get it while you was out? Do you know you build up ill will? Come on. We we all do it. We all do it. We got to recognize this, y'all, because the enemy used a door to kill, steal, and destroy. We don't supposed to be like this with each other, but why are we like this? Because it's been more than one incident. Been two, three, four, five. We don't want to sit down and talk about it. We just want to fuss about it when we go back and get the spices or we go back and get the sugar or we go back and get this, that, or we just want to fuss about it. But we smiling when we bring it home. But we in the cot, doggone it. They should have known, doggone it. I got stuff to do too. I'm tired too. I work all day too. Come on, single folk. Y'all fussing with somebody. May not have the mate, but you fussing with somebody. It's in the church. Ill will is in the church. And quit asking me all those questions. What's wrong with you? We build it up. 
over time it's built up and then somebody asks you oh ain't nothing wrong with me liar yes it is it's all over your face <laughs> let, let me go somewhere sometimes people don't even know they're making faces in public and it's just as big as it can be you ain't said nothing but your face done spoke volumes mm-hmm. or when you blow <sighs> let's just say help me Holy Ghost he'll help you if you want some help we need to quit trying to play it off and we need to deal with it we need to go to that and guess when people bring stuff up after the fact when you saying something else you know why they bring that back out because it didn't set right with them when you said it so they bringing it that's ill will they building up ill will See, the enemy don't want you to talk about it. Because the Bible tells you what to do. So he hate God. So he want us to hate each other. And when we hate each other, he said, I'm on the throne. That's what he's saying. I'm on the throne. Y'all are enemy with God. Because if I'm hating Athea, he's saying, how can you preach to them and you are enemy of God? How am I enemy of God? I got something against Athea because she belonged to him. That's how I'm an enemy of God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let's look at another one. Proverbs ten twelve. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. Listen at this. Hatred keeps old quarrels alive. Y'all hear that? Hatred keeps old quarrels alive. But love draws a veil over every insult and find a way to make sin disappear. Let me read it again. Hatred keeps old quarrels alive. Is that true? When you got hatred in you, the old quarrels that was 20 years ago. Hatred keep it alive like it just happened. I remember I was talking to somebody one day. And they were just talking like it was true. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, well, ask them did this happen. So I said, well, this happen? No, I just assumed that's what's going to happen. Hatred keep old quarrels alive. Because if you got hate for a person and they done something 20, 40 years ago, and here it is, a new year... <laughs> You're going to keep it alive. Because you hate that person. I give you an example. When I was going through in the church. Ooh, if y'all knew what I was going through. Lord Jesus, help me. Thank you, God, you delivered me. This person really hated me. And I knew they hated me. Because everywhere I went, it was lie after lie after lie told on me. And the only thing that I could do to keep it together was... Say, help me, Holy Ghost. But this person hated me so much that they even turned people in the church against me. They had so much ill will against me because I wouldn't bow down and do what they wanted me to do. I only go by what the words say. I'm not bowing down. I don't care how much you dislike me. So they even turned people in the church against me. And people fell for that. But guess what? God allowed me 
not to hate them like they hated me. He allowed me to love them in spite of them hating me and having ill will against me. Now, what happened was by me showing love, the people that knew the person hated me, they were come, they came to me afterwards and they said, now I know that you serve God. Because you shouldn't be loving that person like that. Because I know what that person did. I know what that person um, said. I said, the only way I could love them was with God's love. So they saw me get through ill will. They saw me loving instead of hating. But it took time with being in the presence of God. God had to take me through some things in my life to show me what love was. He had to take me through some, he had to bring me down in order to promote me up. See, some of us want to be promoted, but we don't want to come down. Because we're holding a lot in our hearts against people, ill will. Our our homes won't even be like they need to be, y'all, when we have ill will in us, when we have hate in us, when we have this animosity and this hostility. That's not God. God is not about that. God is about love. And the more we get to know him, because God is love, we can love our worst enemies. And we know that it's not us doing it. It's the God that's in us that's doing it through us. Look at 1 John two fifteen through 16. Expanded Bible. It says, do not love the world or the things in associated with the world. Do anybody know what that means? Do not love the world or the things in or associated with the world. If you love the world, the love of for the Father is not in you. These are the ways of all that is associated with the world, wanting to please our sinful selves, the desires, the lust of the flesh, wanting the sinful things we see. The desire, the lust of the eyes and being too proud of what we have and being too proud of what we have, the pride of life's possessions. None of these come from the father, but all of them come from the world. So when we have the lust of the eye, we have the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. That's the world. So when you start wanting what somebody else have. When you start uh, lusting and craving for what you cannot have, that's the lust of the world. You become an enemy of God. That means you love the world more than you love God. So just like I said, Teresa's pocketbook, if I keep lusting after that pocketbook and lusting after that pocketbook and wanting that pocketbook and desiring to have it and I cannot get it, then I'm hating her. I'm becoming jealous and envy over what she have. And then when I'm telling my husband I want that bag and he don't want to buy me that bag, I'm going to have ill will over him. I'm going to begin to hate him because he don't want to help me. Oh, you don't love me. Because if you love me, you buy me that bag. Have we ever tried that, women? Wow. If you love me, you would take out a loan and get it. So by him not doing that, guess what? I'm being an enemy of his. This happens, y'all. This is for real. Because the enemy be putting in our mind, oh, if he wanted something, he'll find a way to get it. So then I started answering him hatefully. My attitude changed. See? It goes around. It started with Teresa. But I, well, it started with me because I wanted what she had. Then I took it to my home. 
this is what, no, it's not happening in my house. (laughs) But I'm saying these things happen because the enemy hates God. And he want us to hate what he hates instead of loving what God loves. So he's going to turn that around. Look at John 15, 18. We know this one. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. So the world hates the ones that love God. Because Satan is of the world. We're in the world, but not of the world. So the more you get into the word of God, and the word of God get in you, and you begin to speak the word, you're going to be hated. And that's in John 17, 14. So we're going to be hated because we love the things of God. The more you love God, the more you're going to be hated in the world. So why do we get upset? Because people hate us. We become enemy. The, the enemy, the devil want us to be upset. Why? Because he want us to hate because he hate. He want us to have ill will because that's who he is. So that's why we need to check ourselves and we need to say, God, am I holding any animosity in my heart against anyone? God, the stuff that's hidden that I don't know anything about, God, bring it before me. God, I don't want these things in me. God, show me who I don't want to be around and taking it out on everybody else. That's not how we're supposed to be. This is why we have to be in a place with God. Before we bring somebody else in our lives. So when those people come in our lives, we know how to deal with those people. Have anybody ever dealt with somebody without communicating and just silent? Is that good? How can you communicate with somebody if you never talk to them? And you just go on and act like they're not there. That's not God. You are enemy of God. Because God is about love. How can I speak to you, Julia, and Quana sitting right there, and I'm acting like she ain't even sitting there, and then all of a sudden I'm saying, oh, hey, Quana. That should tell Quana, wait a minute, what did I do to Apostle? Why, why does she sound that way to me? Why is she sounding differently to her than she is me? She know, I got some ill will there. I got something. And if I don't take care of that, it's going to turn to hate. And, I, and you know what some people say? I, I, don't, um, I don't love them. I like them. Say, folk. I don't love them. I like them. But I ain't going to love them. God is love. And if he's in you, the love that's in your heart should shed abroad. Do people agitate me? Yes. But I have to remember who I am in him. And when I remember who I am in him, I said, Lord, you put up with me. So if you put up with me, I can put up with them. Let's get off that last nerve thing. You got more than one nerve. Because some of us act like that we so saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. That ain't nothing wrong with us. That's when something is wrong with you. When you think you better than anybody else and you don't never have any problems. That's why I tell y'all the things that go on in my life because I'm not picture perfect. By no means. But when I find out what's going on, I'm going to dig deep into the word and ask the Holy Spirit, help me with this because this is not right. I shouldn't be this way. 
when I was going through before I even connected with God the way I need to connect I never forget and I know my husband ain't forgotten about it I can be on the phone and I can be talking to somebody just as nice as I want to and he asked me a question like what he said why you answer me like that what do you mean why I answer you like that did not know why I was answering him like that but then I had to search myself and say Lord why am I coming off on this man like this what is going on for me to answer my husband that way? But I can get on the phone and ho- hold a normal conversation with everybody else. Everything that I was dealing with at work, it rolled over on him. You got to roll it over on somebody. If you ain't giving it to him at work, you got to give it to somebody. So I was giving it to him. The animosity, the ill will. I apologize for it, but I go right back into robot mode when I felt like when I felt like it so we need to deal with the animosity the things that I'm talking about God is bringing them in the house because they're in the house they're in the house and if we don't deal with it it may not be with the church member it may be in your home but if you don't deal with it in your home you bringing it into the house of the Lord and you putting people in places that they're not in and you making them feel a certain way that they should not feel because of how you feel and the frustration and the anger and everything that you're going through and that's not right in the eyes of God so this started back when started way back when sin came into the world so we are an enemy of God when we're lusting and desiring after the things of the world more than we are coming to God. Isn't that something? So I pray we got something out of this, dealing with animosity, and I believe God is going to bring more. And at this time, is Mitch ready? Okay. We're going to let Mitch go ahead and do his. Of course we can. <laughs> yeah, excuse the noise in the back. I'm uh, trying to make it in. Wait but, a minute. Uh, Did you pull over? Yeah, I pulled over. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I got my earpiece. Okay, go ahead, Mitchell. Okay. Um, yeah, my, uh, my paper was, um, what does pride lead to? And it's funny how you was talking about animosity and stuff because um, what the Holy Spirit had shown me was, of course, we all know that pride, first of all, at least to a fall, you know, in Proverbs 16, it says pride, you know, go before destruction and uh, a haughty spirit before a fall. But pride also will make you think you better than other people. You see yourself up here and you see other people down there and you know the Bible said we shouldn't think of ourselves more highly than we ought to and um, pride also brings on offense 
Because if you are a prideful person and you having a conversation with uh, another prideful person and you don't want to come down and they don't want to come down, then it could cause offense to come and then offense could bring on strife. And we all know where strife is, there's every evil work. But um, what I have in this world is uh, two things you got to have. You got to have love and you got to have humility. And if we walk in love and humility, we can overcome pride. That's what the whole street did. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mitchell. You're welcome. Bring it on in, Mitch. Say what? Bring it on in. What you call it? He should know that. <laughs> How long you been driving the truck? What you say? I can't understand. Wow, uh, since uh, 1989. You should know what that means then. <laughs> See you later, uh, Mitch. We love you. I uh, love y'all too. Uh, so, I'm going to wrap this up. Did anybody want to say what they got out of animosity on the night? Don't all come up at one time. Don't overcrowd me. Back up, back up. Come on, Tyson. Come on, come on, Tyson. You got to get on the mic. I don't know why. Hold on a minute. Is Sister Nice trying to dial the phone? We'll see. Go ahead. It's on. She came up at the end of the service and she said something so interesting when she said that um, um, pride was blind. That's so awesome. And, and what happened is what I got out of that, God just kept, he kept coming to me. Um, you know, he said, you know, he that seeks out uh, spirit on a
Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay, so. Okay, good evening. Good evening. <laughs> um, I got out of it. Hello, Apostle and Pastor James and everybody in Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries. What I got out of animosity is I see a lot of myself. I see a lot of myself when Pastor was talking about the wife and when she was talking about, you know, how you go through things on your job and all this stuff builds up and you take it out on someone that has nothing to do with it. And you wonder why do you keep speaking to them in that way? I'm talking about my husband. But why do you keep speaking to him in that way and he hasn't done anything but yet you keep doing it? And then I saw with an incident I dealt with recently um, where a person was being prideful and I was being jealous. So when I spoke and I spoke in an humble tone to this person, like I was defending something else, but it had nothing to do with what I presented that I was defending. It had all to do with the root of jealousy is pride. And until you learn to learn the true love and the manifestation of God's love in your life and humble yourself, you can't admit and get rid of that pride and that jealousy unless you go through the word of God and do that. I saw so much animosity in myself. (laughs) That's what I saw in this. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you. Y'all have a good night. You too. All right. We're going to close. So I'm going to ask Sister Erica back there to close us out.